Welcome to the Evangel Temple Youth Ministries Podcast. You're about to listen to another message from Pastor Isaac Worley. We pray that this message would be instrumental in God speaking to you and drawing you closer to Him. Now, here's today's sermon. We've been in Philippians for quite a while now. Um, But it's our last night. And maybe you're wondering, what in the world could we be talking about when it comes to Philippians? Because we've made it to, and if you have your Bibles, and if you have your your Philippians journal, and you flip to Philippians chapter 4 at the very end, maybe you'll notice that we have notes up until Philippians 4.20. And you're like, what in the world? We only got three more verses, and there's not much said in them. Philippians 4, 21, 22, and 23, the last three verses that Paul writes, and, and it, it's really easy to throw them away, throw them to the side, but um, I think that we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we did that. I think we believe that scripture is sufficient, every single word in it, every single period, every single letter is useful in teaching and correcting and and guiding the people of God. And so um, we're going to uh, dissect, look at, and then apply Philippians 4 verses 21 through 23 together tonight. And we will wrap up our time in the book of Philippians, leading into our sermon series next week on the person of the Holy Spirit. So I'm excited for that, but I don't want to miss out on what God has to say tonight because I think it's a lot. Um, I want to talk about tonight this idea of loving those that you don't like, loving those you don't like. And I was thinking back to when I lived uh, with my parents back in high school, and we had we were a foster family. Maybe many of you guys knew that we were a foster family, so we took in a lot of kids, and and uh, some we we adopted a couple of them, uh, my brother and my sister. And I remember one thing that was really frustrating during our time fostering uh, kids. Specifically, I'm thinking of my sister now, Adeline, uh, was the working with the biological parent. And maybe you'll know what I'm talking about, some of you guys. But um, there, obviously, I mean, there's a reason the, the child's been taken away, and there's, there's just things going on in their lives. It's, uh, there's a lot of turmoil and a lot of difficulty, and um, they're trying to figure out their own lives, right? And so, um, but I, knew, I noticed that it, it was every single time that we had a, um, a, a, a child, a boy or a girl, that they would, they would feel that pain that their, their mom or their dad wasn't quite um, living up to the standard that they needed to in order to have them, to keep them, to parent them, to nurture them. And there was this disappointment that that child felt, and it was, it was inevitable. It was every single time, they always felt that, and, and I, I felt so deeply for them. Uh, and there's just really uh, clear memories impressed in my mind, and they always will be, I think, um, specifically with my, my little sister. She, um, she was young, but I mean, obviously, you still, you, you know these things, and, and I started to really, being honest, resent and get frustrated with these biological parents, and I don't think that was right of me. I was wrong in that, um, but I just saw as she was disappointed, I was frustrated for her, and I started to catch myself say, or maybe live by this, this motto, I love them, but I don't got to like them. This idea of, I, I'm just going to really love them in Christ, but sure doesn't mean I got to like them. And, and I would, that would just happen every time. Every time that I would get angry towards them, 
I'd say that. I, I, I love them, but I don't got to like them. And they would hurt Adeline. They would upset her. And I would say, I don't hate them, but man, I really don't like them. And then we would have this visit at the park where we would, you know, kind of supervise them as they tried to spend time with one another, her and her mom. And then she would be late to a meeting the once a week that she got to see her for like an hour. She'd be late to that. And I'd say, man, I really don't hate her, but I sure don't like her. And, and then whenever she just wouldn't show up at all or she just wouldn't follow up, she wouldn't resp- respond to uh, texts or, or phone calls and she would just fall off the face of the earth, it felt like I would say things like, yeah, I guess I gotta love her, but I don't like her. And, but what, that, what does that end up looking like, if we're being honest? Maybe you can relate to that feeling or that, that motto, living by that love them but don't gotta like them thing. What I think that ends up looking like is we avoid them in public and we never want to talk to them or speak to them. It, what it ends up looking like is that we hate it when you actually do have to run into them or actually do have to interact with them. It, it looks like talking bad about them when they're not there talking bad about them, gossiping, uh, having horrible, mean thoughts about them, um, kind of like saying, I don't necessarily hate them, right? Those kinds of thoughts and probably even um, it, bringing those into other thoughts of just frustration. I think that's what it ends up looking like. And, and we have to, you and I, have to begin assessing our hearts and saying is, and, and comparing the way that our heart is towards this person and say, yeah, I sure love them, but I don't like them we got to start to have that honest question and reflect personally. Does my love that I say I have for them as a Christian, i got to love them, does my love actually look like the biblical love that Jesus would call us to? Right, the one that where in the Sermon on the Mount he would say that you shouldn't just love that type of love, your brother and your sister, but you should also have that type of love for your enemies. Like, okay. How does my love compare to that type of love? Or or in that same area of the Sermon on the Mount where he would say that you would love them so much that you would go the extra mile for them, right? They ask you to do one thing and you don't like them and you're like, you know what, I want to do two miles for you. You're like, okay, well, how does my love for that foster mom compare to that type of love that Jesus would call me to? Or, Or even more so, he would go on to say that in the Sermon on the Mount that if they would strike you, that you would let them hit you again. You would turn the cheek. And, and you just got to start to think, okay, well, how does my love that I'm saying, I love him, but I don't got to like him, how, how does my love actually, that, that type, of, type of love, how does it really compare? Being honest, you know, really self-reflective, how does, how does that compare to Jesus' understanding of love or how he uh, described love for our enemies in the, the parable, parable of the Good Samaritan, right? Where they, these are enemies, the Samaritan and the Jew, and yet the Samaritan is the one that took care of him Whenever he was down and ill and vulnerable and he took care of him and not only did he give him the basic needs that he needed at the time to survive, but he said to the innkeeper that was caring for him, do whatever you need to for him and I'll fit the bill. I want to do that. And, th- and that's the kind of love that Jesus would call us to, to, to love. And then, and then we compare our love to the person that we don't like and we're like, do I really love them? And so I want to ask you do, you, do you really love them? Or are you just lying to yourself and lying to other people when you would say, I love them, but I don't got to like them? Like, may, no, maybe you just don't like them and you don't actually love them. And I, I think that's the challenge that I 
have had to wrestle with and, and come to the realization that, no, I didn't like him, and I wasn't loving them in my heart, and, and maybe that might be you too. So I want to I talk tonight about this idea of loving those that you currently don't like. And, uh, and I think, and I pray, in fact, we will pray in just a second, that, that maybe we would be stretched and challenged in that, and that we would begin to love, like Jesus would say, and not just this fake love that we will tell ourselves we have for them because it makes us feel better about how we feel towards them. So, would you join with me in just praying that God would help us, maybe if this is something you're wrestling with, loving somebody, quote-unquote, loving them, and that's just maybe um, a false idea. Would you just join with me in just praying, God, challenge me, challenge me in that, call me out in that, and sanctify me, make me more like you and how you would call me to love them rather than how I'm saying it's okay to love them. Let's, let's pray. God, would you just speak to us tonight as um, we're wrapping up the book of Philippians would you challenge us to love the way you called us to love and the way that you loved us? And would you just direct us, as difficult as it might be, as painful as it might be, to love the people that we currently don't like? God, help us to, to love that person, truly love that person, as crazy as it might sound to us right now, to actually love the person on our mind. God, would you help us to do that? As painful as that might be. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about it. Um, Philippians 4, verse 21. Let's, let's read the passage. It's really short, and we're going to dive into it, okay? This is what Paul writes to wrap up his letter to the, the church in Philippi. He says, Greet every saint in Christ, Jesus. The, brother, the brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Your spirit, actually. I forgot the R. Be with your spirit is, is what it actually says. So he talks about this idea of greeting people. He calls them to greet. And then he says, everyone is greeting you. And then he wraps up by saying this blessing with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So that's, that's the text that we're looking at tonight. That's how he wraps up the, the, the letter. And I want to start with this phrase, greet every saint. Greet every saint. What does he mean by that? Is he talking like a, like a handshake? Or like, oh, hi, nice to see you. you know, or is it like a, like a head nod? Like, I don't want to come any closer to you, and I'll just kind of nod across the room and act like we're cordial or you know, act like we're civil. Um, is that his understanding of greet? And is that the type of greeting that we should have with one another? Or what does he really mean by greet? Well, let's look at a couple texts. First of all, we see in 1 Thessalonians this exact same word, not only English, but the Greek word, okay? So you've got to put some trust in me here. It's the exact same word that Paul writes in a different letter, and he says, greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. So you don't have to kiss each other, but I think that speaks into this idea of what does greeting look like? It's not a head nod. It's not a, it's not a handshake begrudgingly. But it's a, it's a personal, loving interaction. That's the kind of greeting that he's talking about. And he actually uses, Jesus uses this word as well when he's talking to his disciples. And this is what he says. He's, he's about to send them off on their mission. And he's like, hey, look, go and do this. Go um, heal people and um, cast out demons. I want you to go out and preach the good news. And so he sends out his disciples. And this is a part of his little like speech to them before they, before they leave. He says this here in Matthew 10, verse 11. 
Whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. So find that good person, and as you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. So this is what Jesus is saying, okay? Catch this. He's saying, go, find a, a good person, go to their house, and bless it with, a, uh, with, with peace, Pray a prayer of blessing over it, of peace over it. And this is this idea of greeting it. So Paul in 1 Thessalonians would say, greet everybody with a holy kiss. So this, he kind of starts to shape our understanding. Okay, so greeting is not just a head nod. It's not just a handshake begrudgingly, but it's this loving interaction. And, and then Jesus adds to this understanding and he's like, I want you to bless them with peace that they would have peace going forward in their life. That's what this word greet would, would mean. And so greeting is so much more than just a head nod that we have to do to be civil. In fact, I would say that if your love isn't friendly up close, then your love from a distance is a lie. I think that's a good way to phrase that. If your love isn't friendly up close, then your love from a distant distance is a lie. I, I, there's no really other way to say it, I think. This idea of greeting, this love for them is, it's more than just a, oh, hey, yeah, gosh, I can't believe I saw them kind of thing. It's, it's so much more than that. It's friendly. It's, it's a loving interaction that we're called to have, not with just our peers, but every saint, every, every saint, every saint in Christ Jesus. We should, we should have that. And maybe you're starting to think, okay, but you don't understand what they did to me and, and my relationship with them. Maybe Paul was talking to some people that didn't have a whole lot of stuff going on, but for me, I think maybe I'm, I get the pass for not having to greet that person or uh, bless that person or, or wish peace on that person's life. Maybe I get the pass and they didn't go through the things that I'm going through. Well, let me tell you, in our study through Philippians, he was talking to some people that dealt with a lot the Philippians, if we're going through and like taking different parts of the, the, the book apart and saying, okay, so this was going on, and this was going on, and this was going on, okay, and so this was their situation, and we're looking at their context that would lead Paul to saying, yeah, I want you to still greet everybody. This is, this is what we would find. Well, first, they, there was a lot of selfish people. Maybe the person you think of is quite selfish, and they might be the personification, the, the, the definition of selfishness. But they were dealing with selfish, selfish people to the point where Paul would say, look, i got to call this out. Do nothing from selfish ambitions. That was in chapter 2, verse 3. He says, I need to address this. Do nothing from selfish ambitions. So obviously there was something going on with selfishness uh, that they were dealing with. They, there was disagreements to the point where in uh, chapter 2, verse 14, he had, to, he had to call out disputes and said, you know, quit grumbling, don't dispute, do nothing. That would mean grumbling and disputing. And so this whole idea of like arguing was going on, disagreements, and actually it got so bad between certain people that he begged them in, it says entreat, that's like a really old English word, it meant beg. He was begging them, chapter 2, verse 4, two individuals Get along at least to the point of agreeing that they're both Christians. 
That's how bad that disagreement got. He's like, can you at least agree in the Lord? Can you at least agree in that? Can you at least agree that Jesus is Lord? Can, can you guys get along to that point? I know everything else is obviously horrible between you guys, but would you get that at least? Agree in the Lord. So obviously they understand what it means to have disagreements, frustrations, and dealing with selfish people. This was the context of the people that he's writing to, and still he wraps up by saying, yeah, I, I mean every, everyone. Like you two ladies from Philippians 4, 2, Euodia and Syntyche were the two women's names, and he's saying, yeah, even you two, I need you to greet one another and that's in the context of with a holy kiss or praying a blessing over you of peace. I need you to do that. Everyone, greet every saint in the Lord. And so still knowing all the things that the Philippians were going through, all the turmoil, all the frustration, all the arguments, he was saying embrace everybody in real love, real biblical love, not that fake love that we make ourselves believe that we actually have. And so this is also for us. Greet every saint. You, you get no exceptions, and we get no excuses. We're called to love, wish peace and blessing over that person that you're frustrated with, hope the best for them, and interact with them in a friendly and loving way. That's what they were called to, and that's what we're called to. And I, I like what he says here next. He says, greet them and by the way, they're all greeting you. He says, the brothers who are with me greet you, and all the saints greet you. Especially those of Caesar's household. So he's like, so get this, greet them, because they're greeting you. I think this, this speaks to this idea that um, how we tend to be more appreciative that other people are being kind to us that we don't really want to reciprocate that. We appreciate, but we don't reciprocate. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, it was nice they greeted me, but I'm not looking to greet them anytime soon. Like, yeah, I appreciated that, or I admire that they were willing to step up and admit their faults, but I'm not looking to uh, do that anytime soon on my end, right? I, so he's saying, they greet you, greet them. So he's, he's speaking to both parties, and um, I... Maybe you can relate if you've got siblings. I've had a few arguments with my siblings in the past. And, uh, and a few of them got pretty hairy. Uh, a couple times, this maybe just shows how unsanctified my house was. I don't know. Uh, but a few times, some fists were swinging, right? And one time, my brother made pretty good contact with my cheek. Um, and it had everything to do with unloading a dishwasher. You guys know what I'm talking about. It gets intense. Yeah. And uh, man, he swung and... Beautiful contact and uh, blood instantly, and uh, it got intense. And, uh, and he came and he apologized to me a little bit later and uh, felt really bad. I think it was probably more out of just fear that he was going to get in a lot of trouble when my dad got home. But um, still, he apologized. And I appreciated that, and I liked that. And I was like, yeah, you sucker. You better keep saying you're sorry. You better keep sucking up to me because, yeah, I'm still telling dad when he, when he gets home and I'm not looking anytime soon to, to uh, say sorry for what I did to egg you on to do that, right? I mean, so like I appreciate it, but I wasn't going to reciprocate. I admired it, but I'm not going to be doing it myself, right? So Paul is talking to that kind of thing and he's like, greet them. They're greeting you. It doesn't go one way. If you're a Christian, you're called to greet and to love and to appreciate, to be kind too. It's not a one-way street. It doesn't matter who wronged who. Greet them. They're greeting you. It's a both-way street. And I think that speaks to us. And Paul's showing really that everybody can and they should 
show love to one another. So he's speaking to you tonight. You can, as much as you feel like maybe you can't, you can, and you should show love to that person that's on your mind. You can and you should. In fact, all the saints, it's really interesting, all the saints, especially those of Caesar's household, Paul mentions these individuals, and let me just make a quick note, not super long, but a quick note. Caesar's household, so these are people that were related to um, Roman hierarchy, right? So um, people of um, maybe royal descent, uh, royal blood, but certainly um, high-ranking Roman people. Don't forget that the person writing this letter who has good relationship with Caesar's household that's obviously willing to communicate the message to the Philippians from them, so obviously has a good enough relationship with them. He's imprisoned by those people right now. And so he's able to speak on on their behalf. He's like, yeah, I'll translate the message. I'll transfer the message, no problem, to people that are currently imprisoning him. He's like, I need to speak that all the saints are greeting you. And I especially want to highlight these guys. You know, they are really greeting you. And it's like, Paul, these are the guys that are imprisoning you right now. Greet all saints. No one's without exception. No one has an excuse, including Paul, including you, including me. And so I think we should join Paul in our humble Love for everybody, no matter what they've done to you. I think we need to join Paul in that. I, need to, I think we need to join Sintiki and Euodia and all these other saints that are coming together and saying, you know, we're going to humble ourselves and greet them and love them and pray blessing over them and peace over them no matter what they've done to me because that's what a Christian is called to do. I think we should join with them in the embrace of this really difficult challenge to do. To not forget what they've done to you, but to love them anyway. And not just to say, yeah, I love them, but I don't like them. No, really love them. Really love them. It's a challenge. So much so, we have to really ask the question, how? How do we greet every saint? How do we actually do that, right? I mean, like, because I know deep down what maybe a lot of you guys are feeling And this roadblock to love that person is probably more than them just punching you one time in the cheek. And maybe you'd actually prefer that over what they've actually done to you. So I know it's 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 hard. It's not an easy, like, okay, yeah, cool, let's let's just love that person. Yeah, sure. No, I understand it's it's so much more than that. I know that that somebody has probably deeply hurt you or maybe hurt your whole family, and you'll never forget it. Maybe that person used to be your friend, your best friend, in fact. And they just aren't anymore. Or maybe they've lied to you over so much stuff and you can never trust them again. So I know that's the stuff that a lot of people are walking in here with, the baggage that they're struggling with, and they're wrestling with this idea of like, I gotta love them, not just like them, but love them and who they are wish good things for them and do whatever I can to help them, go the extra mile for them. Like, I don't know if I can get there. So how, how do we get there? Well, I think it's only by, and this isn't just Christianese talk, this isn't churchy talk, this is real talk, it's only by the grace of God that you could do that. And that's how Paul finishes. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, spirit. 
That's, that's, that's what he wraps up with. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And I want you to catch this similarity because it's really amazing. This is a lot like how he opened in literally the second verse of the entire book. I want you to catch the similarity, okay? Because I think it's significant. I think Paul is a genius and I think he really thought this one through in his word use, okay? I think that the way that we're going to love that person is through the grace of God working through us. Look at what he does here in Philippians 1, verse 2, the second verse in the entire book. He writes, grace to you. Grace to you, okay? Catch that, grace to you. He's praying that over them. He's, he's wishing that over them. He's, he's demanding or commanding that over them. Grace to you. Would it go to you and peace from, our, from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you. That's how he's starting it. He's saying, I want to start with just praying this over you and commanding this over you and just saying, would grace go to you? And he just talks about the gospel through the whole book. And this is how he finishes. Grace be with you. Grace be with you. So this whole idea of starting off with, with this idea of grace to you, would, would grace come to you? Would you embrace it? Would you understand it? Would you work through it? Would it begin to work in your life? Would you embrace it? Would you begin to treasure it? Would it just pour over you? That's what he is starting with and now he's wrapping up with, now would you walk away with it and keep it for the rest of your life? Would you go with it? Would you live it out? Now that it's come to you, would you live it out? Would you be transformed by it? Would you be changed by it? Would it affect the way you live? Grace be with you. And this is how, this is how. So if you're asking Isaac, I don't know how I could do that. I don't know how I could love that person. This is how your love can even begin to happen for that person that has wronged you and has really hurt you and you, you are really wrestling to like them, let alone love them. This is how you love that person. It is not ignoring them when you see them. It's not acting like they don't exist when they're around you and then talking horribly about them when they aren't around you. That is not how you actually love anybody. By being transformed by the grace of Jesus Christ, allowing it to come to you and transform you and shape you and come over the top of you and flood throughout you. And then you actually love them and you have grace with you as you do that. It's greeting them with kindness, it's praying blessings over them. And it's only through the grace of God being with you because it's come to you that you're able to do that. Greet every saint, how? With the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ being with you in your spirit. That's how. That's how, and I know that sounds like, oh, that's just Christianese, how do I actually make that happen? Would you just seek the grace of God and let it transform you and impact you and how you interact with those people? Would you greet them? And remember that greeting them isn't just a head nod. It's not just a handshake. It's loving them and it's wishing good things over them caring for them. It's going the extra mile for them. It's allowing them to hurt you and hurt you again. It's loving them. So my closing encouragement for you, if you're struggling to see how you could still do this, if you could get there, like how do I get there, Isaac? If you're struggling with that, here are two specific encouragements in loving people 
who, have, who are really hard to love. So if you're like, I, they're really, really stinking hard to love. If only you knew. I want to give you these two encouragements of how you could love them. One, allow the gospel to trickle down from your head and into your heart. Seriously. Maybe you understand the gospel up here and you're not letting it transform you here. Let the gospel trickle down from your head and into your heart and let it just blow up out of your heart. Would you begin to think about what God has done for you and therefore you just can't help but show it to other people. Let the gospel trickle down from your head and into your heart. Genuinely the saddest thing, I think, the saddest situation is somebody that understands the gospel but isn't set free from the gospel. They understand the gospel. They get it. Man, they can really parse those Greek words. They can really do some serious exegetical work in the book of Philippians, but they don't love the way Jesus loves. That is the saddest thing ever. It is horrible when it stays trapped up here and no one can tell because it's not here if you're really struggling trying to like say, Isaac, I don't know how I can love that person like Jesus loved me. I don't know how I can get there. Let the gospel trickle from here to here. That's the first thing. The second thing that I want to encourage you with is allow the gospel to flow out of you. Once it's here, it's got to come out there. Let the gospel flow out of you. The grace that is applied to you should flow from you and the love that breaks down the wall between you and God, an incredible love, the love that breaks down the wall between a holy God and a sinner like you or me, the, the love that breaks that wall down should be the love that flows out of you that would break down the anger and the hurt and the frustration between you and that person. That's the kind of love that will flow out of us. Let the gospel, let the gospel flow out of you. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you want to find out more about our youth ministry or any other ministry here at Evangel Temple, you can visit our website at ecchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.